Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I'm so pleased to introduce my guest this evening, Catherine McKenzie. Canadian Catherine McKenzie is the author of several international bestsellers, including Hidden, Spin, and Forgotten. Catherine is also a full-time attorney and a regular contributor to the Huffington Post. So welcome, Catherine, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you this evening? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So maybe we could start um, with your your publication journey. How long have you been published, and and how long have you been writing fiction? I started uh, writing my first book uh, that is in a drawer and shall remain there. Um, in 2006, and uh, my first novel was published in 2010 in Canada and in 2012 in the U.S. So it was, a, uh, I guess, four years from, maybe three years from when I wrote the, the book that got published to, to when it was published. And so I'm sure you get asked often, you know, how do you fit in writing with your very busy life as a full-time attorney? Right. No, I never get asked that question. Um, <laughs> I, I I joke that I should just wear a T-shirt that says I don't have time to do all that. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you make time for the stuff that you love to do, and and um, but in practical places, that, you know, I've learned to sort of write on the fly. So I write at night a bit, and mostly on the weekends. Vacation. Mm-hmm. Airplanes are a good place to write. Yeah. Though they're bringing no, I, internet I onto airplanes, that's bad. Yes. <laughs> I actually use it. My, my daughter is in competitive Irish dancing. And, oh, cool. And so she has like, these two-hour blocks, you know, three times a week. And so my husband always says, she goes, you know, you're not really interested in her, her dancing as much as you're interested in two hours that you get to write and not feel guilty about it. And I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> but, um, but, hey, if, I, if your daughter I, I, I'm also a lawyer. Too, why not? Yeah, right. I, I, but I definitely, um, you know, you have to write in the margins of your life. And, and I always am amazed when people say, you know, I, I spent the whole weekend or, I, you know, they spent long blocks of time writing. And I would love to do that, but I don't know if I'd get all that much more done. You know what I mean? Like I, can, I feel like I can only write so much per day, you know what I mean? And I, I'm almost better, like, with spurts. So Yeah, um, I feel the same but, way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... You know, I think being a lawyer, and it's amazing. There's so many, now that I've become a writer, I've met so many lawyers who are also writers, and some of my um, lawyer, my writer friends are ex-lawyers. They actually, you know, stopped writing. Bianca Dark, who I interviewed earlier um, in the year, she she used to be a lawyer, and now she quits and is a full-time writer. And so I'm always amazed by that. But I think part of legal training kind of helps you in the sense that you're used to writing and you're used to, you know, working under pressure. Now, I found with my writing, I had to, you know, especially with my first book, it was, it was pretty dry. And I think because I had to almost unlearn my normal comfort zone of writing, which was legalese, right? Did you find that? Was it difficult for you to transition from writing, you know, legal briefs to writing novels? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm, I do litigation, and litigation is about telling stories. So mm-hmm. when you're writing the whatever you want to call it, the, 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 the document that institutes proceeding a statement of claim, uh, 
um, you need to tell a story. You're, you're writing down the facts that prove your case. And when you're writing um, you know, written submissions, that's what you're doing. So, and, and I also try actually not to write in dry, boring legalese. And the you know, Affer said when he mentioned you know, all that stuff, I hate that stuff and I, I don't use it. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I don't think I had to unlearn that. I think for me the real challenge was I'd always written poetry in the past, and I'd never even really written short stories, so I wasn't actually sure I had an imagination, if that makes any sense. So I wasn't sure that I could think up a whole book and all the characters that had to go in it and make them come alive, and that was more of a challenge for me. But I do agree with you that there's a reason there's a lot of lawyers and ex-lawyers who are writers. There's a, a certain level of training and discipline that comes with, with doing that job that, that translates well into to being a writer. I, too, know tons and tons of lawyers or ex-lawyers who are writers and in fact a friend of mine who's also an ex-lawyer who's a writer before she gave up the law went to a conference precisely for lawyers who were thinking of becoming writers and there were like 200 people at that conference so oh my god there's something in that yeah it was in vermont or something it's crazy yeah well, I think a lot of lawyers, too, like my, I know my undergrad, well, I was a business major undergrad. I think I'm a little unique that way. But a lot of people I knew from law school were liberal arts undergrads. So I right. you know, and some and a lot more English majors, so it's kind of a natural transition that way. And I think also sometimes, you know, being a lawyer is, is draining. And for me, at least, my writing was started out as an escape from my real life. And I actually never thought I'd really get published. I wrote for me for a long time. And so, right. um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, I, I'm using a totally different side of my brain when I'm in being writer Bernadette as opposed to lawyer Bernadette. So, um, so like I said, I, I think there's a lot of lawyers who tap into that. Do you find that, too, that, that writing is sort of an escape from your real life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely was using the creative side of my brain, which, you know, there was a period of time where just getting used to working in law and all the energy that that takes, that sort of, I hadn't had access to that. And and when I started again, it really was, it was great to just sort of tap into that side of, of my brain and, um, you know, because I've always, I, I've always been a creative person in different ways, you know, music or singing or acting or whatever. So, um, definitely. But I mean, I think the funny thing, I don't know if you found this, but once I got published, or on the road, to, you know, once I got my deal, I realized that actually I had taken my fun pastime and turned it into a second job. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why did I do it again? It's, it's so funny. <laughs> I had a writer friend, and, and again, this is when I was writing just for me, but I belonged to um, a local chapter, a local writing group, uh, the RWA chapter of Long Island, so Long Island Romance Writers. And what, I had a critique partner for a short period of time, and one of the things she said, she's like, you know, um, you know, I'm really focused. I want to achieve X, Y, and Z in the next year. You know, where do you want your writing to go? And I said, you know, I'm type A in every other area of my life, and so I want my writing not to be type A. Well, of course, I started submitting. I started doing all of that stuff. And so my husband laughs as well. He's like, now I'm doing a radio show. So I'm really just, I think if you're a type A person, it's very hard not to bring that into other aspects of your life, although I really did try. And I'm writing romance and women's fiction, so I'm, I'm trying to do something a little more fluffy. But, again, I'm still, 
still turning it into a, a semi-job. So, um, yeah, I, it's it's hard to escape from yourself, right, isn't it? Um, <laughs> maybe you could talk a little bit about your writing process. Did you Now, do you work with critique groups, or are you a lone wolf? No, <laughs> I tend in between. I'm not in a critique group. I've never been in one of those. Um, but I have for each one of my books, it's been different, but I've always had people sort of reading along with me and giving feedback. Um, I've had friends. I have my my mom, my sister doing that, sometimes my husband. So um, I can't just sit down and write an entire book with no feedback like that. I just, I can't do that. Um, but, um, you know, and, and further than that, I guess my process has sort of been different for each book, but um, I have to... I, I'm not a huge outliner, but I do need to sort of see the book in my head um, in a big picture way. So I need to I need to know the premise of the book. That's the first thing that comes to me, and then I need to see the end of the book because I get ideas and they don't go anywhere, or I can't see them going anywhere. And then I need to see the middle. I need to see the twist of the book. You know, what you think it's going to go in one direction, and then it goes in another. Um, and then I need to figure out sort of who the main two or three characters are. And I, I think about a book for quite a while before I start writing it, so I've got all that stuff, and then normally I find that that's how the voice comes to me. And so then the beginning, or what I think will be the beginning, it doesn't always turn out that way, but that comes to me and I start writing it. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been, I mean, certainly the first, the only book where the first line I wrote really is still the first line of the book is spin. Um, but my others are pretty close. Certainly the, those first lines that I wrote are still in the book. If they're not quite in the first chapter, they're, they're near the beginning, and there's been a bit of shuffling around. But I, I, when I start to write, I have the voice of the main character, um, and, and so then I go from there. The, my latest book, Hidden, has, it's told from three points of view, and that's the first time I did that. So I definitely did have to outline more um, than I ever had. And I found it great to do it, so sometimes I'd get to my notes for the outline and there'd be three words on a piece of paper that I didn't understand. I was like, oh, that's really helpful. Okay. Um, but I, I also use Scrivener, which is a writing program. Um, and yeah, a lot, of people, again, a lot of people are, are using that now. I, have, I actually yeah. want to uh, talk about it, but I, I don't know. I'm not the most tech-savvy person. And um, so I, I haven't – you know, how helpful is it? Like what does it I do think for, for sure, really? for sure, for for hidden, like with the three points of view, and then the book that I'm working on now that has two different timelines. Hidden on top of it, it's not told in a chronological fashion. So what it enables you to do is to break down each scene into its own little file, and you can basically see chronology of your book down the side, mm-hmm. like the left hand side of the page, and you can color code it for who's speaking and what tense it's in. You know, is it the present? Is it the past? Um, and so what it really enabled me to do with Hidden was to move things around or to see where I could move things around easily um, and really be able to give me a snapshot of the whole book. I mean, I've used um, uh, something called the Wall of Plot. Uh, the, the, the name is stolen from a, from a writer friend. But, you know, doing the same thing with cards on a bulletin board, um, I've used yeah, that I've as well. Yeah, I've done that for one of my last book I did. Although I, I, I feel like sometimes... I'm kind of like you. I, I sit and think about the character for a while, and I have a long commute into Manhattan. So sometimes I just sit on the train and look out the window, and, and like you say, let that character kind of come alive in my head before I 
try and put it on the paper and let her right. speak to me and tell me her story. Uh, but I think for my last book that I did, um, and I had my, I've kind of hopped around genres. I've done some contemporary romance. I had a four book uh, paranormal romance series and my last book was women's fiction i've done two and i did a women's fiction but this was my last book was which i'm trying to find a home for was women's fiction it was a little more serious and again it was kind of like jumping in terms of um in in terms of like the past and the present you know back and forth Mm -hmm. and so i i tried to use the um you know the the little post-its on pieces of paper you know and tried to plot it out that way and i found it was helpful in a sense, although the the book didn't follow everything, but at least it kind of like where I got stuck, I'd look at the board and be like, well, where did I originally think I was going to go with this? But right. So I think tools like that are helpful, but um, I'm, I'm kind of still a bit of a pantser. I, I definitely am. And, I mean, I think, you know, I, I've, I've never written a two-page outline of any book. Uh, I'd have trouble writing a two-page outline of a book that's already finished. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, it's... it's uh, it's not my forte, but yeah. um, I always feel like I should be more organized that way. But I don't know. Stephen King apparently writes with no outline, so he can do it. <laughs> yeah, we can do it too. We can do it too. And go. like I said, I, it's kind of the outline's kind of in my head. Like I know where I want these people to wind up. It's just you know, I don't always know how they're going to get there. So right now, maybe you could talk a little bit about your genre that, and and the book the three books that you've done so far, you know, are, is there any commonality there or, you know, or are they all very, very different from each other? Um, well, they're all standalone stories and um, there's four actually, but uh, they're all standalone stories. And I think, I think they sort of have grown with me as a writer. So the first one spin is about a journalist who follows a celebrity into rehab, but is a comedy. Um, maybe it doesn't sound like it from the, <laughs> from the description, but is is more of a comedy. There's there's a romance in there, but it's not the central focus of the story. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, my second book, Arranged, is about a woman who uses an arranged marriage service. Um, and so, sort of, you know, like the bachelor to the nth power. Um, and that is more. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a romance, but there's certainly the romance or the the non-romance, the arranged marriage that's the center of that story. So that's definitely more of a uh, boy meets girl story, but with a twist to it. Um, my third book, Forgotten, is about a woman who goes to Africa for what's supposed to be a month, and she gets stuck there. And when she comes home six months later, everyone thought she was dead. And it's about, you know, when you start your life over, if you could. Again, there are humorous elements to it, but maybe a little bit more serious. And then the, the last book, Hidden, is about, um, uh, in the first, in the prologue, actually, um, a man dies, and he is married, but he also has some kind of relationship with another woman. And you learn through the course of the book how the three of them are tied together and, and what the nature of their relationships were and why. So that's certainly my most serious book. I mean, there are humorous elements in it, but... Um, or you know moments of of levity, um, but I guess the common thread to me, I hope, is that I try and take something that you know could happen and then push it to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. So something you know that 
if you want to take, you know, like people doing things like The Bachelor, but, okay, let's take that to the next level, people using an arranged marriage service, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then just trying to to tell human stories. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a crazy person who reads my reviews on Amazon, and um, <laughs> good and bad. And, you know, one one common review that I get that I really, really take to heart for Hidden is, a lot of people say that they feel like these are like real people and they're just sort of peeking in on their lives. And I think that's what I'm trying to do, you know, just create real people and put them in conflictual situations because that's what you do in books but, and, and tell those stories. So I don't know if there's a, a common thread necessarily, but um, I, think, I think I have a voice. I think if you, if you read my books, you'll hear my voice as a writer in those books, even when I'm doing something overtly funny or, or something more serious. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I loved about your books. and I've only read Hidden so far, but I guess there are two things. One, I loved how you didn't necessarily take the easy choice. Like, and, and, the, and I'm sorry, I haven't read it. In, I, I read so much, but I, I haven't read it probably in about a month or so. But there, there okay. were two characters. The, the one who's, the, I don't know her name, but the wife of the, of the, of the character right. who died. Claire had yeah, a relationship Claire. with yeah, her Claire. husband's brother before they got right. married. And right. I definitely thought, like, you know, especially as as they got closer, uh, I thought you were going to go in one direction with that relationship, what I right. think would have been, like, easy choice. And you chose not to go there. And I, I thought that was really interesting. So that was one of my favorite kind of parts of the book. And then maybe as a writer I appreciated it more than a reader would, but I thought that was an interesting right. choice. And what I thought was really interesting, too, was how you humanized the woman who he had the other relationship with, because it would have been very easy to make her, like, the witch or the bad guy. And you really humanized her. And I really felt like, you know, her character was kind of floating through life. You kind of gave that sense that things Mm -hmm. were kind of just happening to her. Um, And I kind of thought that was interesting as a character and an interesting choice for for the, especially given her role, right? Because she kind of just right. let things happen, and by letting things happen, she impacted other people's lives. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I well, I mean, that was... so her. Sorry. Thanks. Um, her her name's Tish. Mm-hmm. Tish. That's so, right. And yeah, Tish. Yeah. And I mean, definitely, Tish is somebody. Yeah, I think we all know people like that who is bad at making decisions, but you end up making decisions when you don't make a decision. Like Correct. not making yeah. a decision is making a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that was definitely one of my goals with the book. I mean, I read, a, you know, there are a lot of books about infidelity or possible infidelity, and, I, you know, what I dislike about those books is not the topic, um, but it's when it's, it's there's a bad guy and there's a good guy. And because I think that um, that life is a lot messier than that and a lot more complicated than that. And so I actually set it as a challenge to myself to see if I could write three sympathetic characters in the sense that you still like them, even if you didn't agree with their choices. Because I think if you know everything about someone, there are no perfect people out there. And, you know, if you knew everything about everyone and were privy to their every thought, um, would you still like them as a person? And so that really was the challenge that I set out for myself. And, it, I mean, it's interesting what you say about um, Tim, the brother, and, and 
you know, what does or doesn't happen there. I, I, that it could be a common thread in my writing. I do try and not take the obvious path. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, I do try and do things where, um, so for instance, in, in Arranged, um, the main character has a male close friend in the book. And I think in a lot of books, um, in, you know, if you want to call it women's fiction or whatever, that the, the main character would end up with him at the end or he'd be gay um, with each other. And I actually play on that a little bit in the not to give away the ending of the book, but I play on that at the, at a, in a scene later on in the book where the two of them are in a situation where normally they would get together and they start making fun of the situation. Um, so um, I, I like doing that. I like taking conventions and, and playing on them, and I think that's how it's, you keep it interesting for the reader, you know. There's obviously a certain satisfaction. I mean, and if, you're re- if you're writing romance, you know, you have to get together in the end, right? But um, I, I also, for this book, for me as a challenge, I, I decided that I just wanted to take away the possibility of a happily ever after right from the beginning. And so the hero dies in the prologue. And so there's no traditional happily ever after that's possible in that book. So... That was right. that was kind of my goal. Well, you could have made a different choice and made, and turned it into right. that. And like I said, I I thought Maybe. that was interesting that you didn't. But you know, I it's it's so funny because I write for me, right? I, I you know I I do right. want commercial success, but there really is a um, pressure sometimes to get as you know from your publisher or from you know I'm trying to get an agent now, so from an agent, mm-hmm. some agents I spoke about my latest book, which is very very dark. It's about a woman who survived. She was um, she was the center of a, a sex scandal when she was a teenager, and this, then we go 20 years on, and what's happened to her life. And so it's very, very dark. And and it's about an Irish-American family because, you know, I kind of write what I know. And so some of the characters, you know, one of the, some of the initial feedback I got was like, oh, you know, and it's, it's and it's you know there's there's a lot of sex in it, there's romance, but it's really women's fiction. It's about a woman's journey and a relationship with her mother. And somebody said, you know, the mother's character is just so harsh. And I'm like, really? <laughs> because I'm from an Irish family. And maybe we're just a little <laughs> harsh, you know what I mean? And she's like, you should yeah. really soften that. And you should do this. And, and this part of the book, I thought, you know, I, want, I, I think it should be a bigger book and it should be maybe more like Happily Ever After, not so dark. And I'm like, but that's not enough. That's a different book. That's not the book that I right. wrote. And so... Right. Right now, I'm going to, I'm trying to stay true to the book that I wrote, and not the book that maybe could get me to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I don't want totally. you know necessarily a book club book. I, I would like a book club book, but I want my book as the book club book, and not somebody else's idea of what my book could be. Does that make sense? But it, t- um, it totally does. I mean, I think I, I was faced with a similar dilemma early on in my. Um, when I was looking for my first agent, I'd written Arranged, so the Arranged Marriage book, and a big agent read it and liked it, but did not like the second half of the book. And she told me what she was, you know, what she had been expecting and what would have made her happy and maybe take me on as a client. There was no promise of that. And I had a choice in that moment because I didn't see the book that she was talking about. I couldn't see it. It wasn't the book that I had in my head. It wasn't the vision I had in my head. And that's totally different than taking editorial suggestions. This was like a wholesale different book. Fundamental, than the book that I'd yes. Written. 
Yeah, that is and, exactly what and, I actually and, just experienced. It was a very big agent, and she was like my dream agent, and she was like, I love your writing. I love your main character. I want you to do this. And, I, and I, of right. course, I was so excited at the time on taking notes. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, that sounds like a great idea. And then when I digested it, I said, that's not my book. That's not my cast of characters. And that's not me necessarily. You know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I still, I guess I could potentially rewrite it, but I'm not, I'm holding off on it at the moment. But it's really hard to see that carrot and not run to it. You know what I mean? Sorry, oh, totally. And I think... No, not at all. No, no. I, I mean, I, I had the, the choice. I think it's easy for, it was easier for me because it was early on in my search, and so I wasn't completely discouraged. <laughs> um, because if I had been, I probably just would have rewritten the book or tried to, and I don't know what would have happened. But I was mm-hmm. like, no, you know, I believe in this, and I'm going to keep trying. And I, I found someone who did believe in it and, and, and got a book deal. And, and, of co- and, again, as I said before, that doesn't mean – and I, I really, really think this is a fundamental distinction, distinction because I think, you know, the editorial exchanges I have with my agent and my editor make a better product. And, mm-hmm. Oh, I know, agree. The, the book, you know, hidden, changed – lots of things changed over the course of writing that book. Um, we kept going back and forth on the ending, and, you know, uh, there were lots of – decisions that we made together and, and, and things that were changed in the book and ordering things around. And I actually had a whole other subplot that I jettisoned. I mean, but ultimately, the book is still the book that I envisioned. And I think, you know, the example that I always give is Fifty Shades of Grey. And, you know, whether you like them or you don't like them or they're terribly written or they're not terribly written or whatever, um, she wrote those books as fan fiction, right, initially, because she was in love with the characters in Twilight. And I think that it's, it's that, that is what people are connecting with in those books. The reason that she was so successful is not because she sat down and said, hmm, seems like there's a hole in the market for BDSM, blah, 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 you know. No. It, if she tried to do that, I mean, lots of people had written books like that. And people who have subsequently, you know, benefited from her success were already in the market with books like that, and they didn't take off. And... I think, you know, what made part of what made her take off was just her con- and why people connect the material is her connection to it. So, I think if if you're writing the book that somebody else wants, and not the book that you want to write, like fundamentally, that's going to come across on the page, and people are just not going to connect with that. And it really was, you know, I, I was kind of lucky. I wrote my first three books basically before I had a book deal, so I had no pressure. I was just writing for me. And then with Hidden was the first book that I wrote under contract and after I had books in the market. And I really had to just everything aside and literally not even tell anyone what I was doing for the first third of the book and just write it because I I knew it would be easy to talk me out of writing the book. And, um, and, and so that's what I did, you know, and, and, I really, it took me a while to get there, and, and I, I, but that's what I really had to just sort of shut everything off in the sense of, you know, what the expectations were or what my fans might have wanted or, um, and just find that place where I was writing for me and I was writing the story that I wanted to write. And, you know, ultimately, it's, it's you know, it's had quite a bit of success out of the gate, and, and I think hopefully that that's because people are connecting with, that, you know, with the fact that that's what I was, that's what I was doing. I was really, 
I was really writing for the pleasure of it and for the story that I wanted to tell and the story that was in my head that wanted to get out and not because I was like, okay, what would be the good follow-up to my last book? How am I going to break out as a writer? You know? Um, and and yeah, I'm not, I always say think that I'm things, spending more but... time with my books than anyone else. You know, for me, especially right. because I'm writing in the margins of my life during my commute, each book takes about a year, you know, or a right. good part of a year. And so I'm writing, this is my t- spare time. And yeah. I have to love it, and it has to be what I want to express at that time. And yeah. you also, yeah. you know, I think I, I followed a very similar track, I think, to you in the sense that my first book was a humorous romance. It was light, it was airy, it was funny. And I think that was a good way to start, but I think as my books have progressed, they've gotten darker. I deal with deeper themes, and they're not light and fluffy, And because I think that's not really who I am. Although I had a great right. time writing in Light Buffy Book, but I, I think it's like one time only, you know. And I think you have to express who you are or what interests you. And like you said, it can't be forced. If it's forced, if you're imitating what somebody else does in the market, writing the next Fifty Shades, you know, it, good luck with that, but you're probably not going to find success. And so it always mm-hmm. kind of amazes me that the agents and the editors, they're always, I've been to a couple of conferences, I'm sure you have as well, and they're always saying, oh, we want a, the next unique big thing. But then when they see you, they want in some ways to put you in a box. And so I think it's our role as, as writers or, or the difficulty in being a writer and trying to get success is to write something unique and something you're passionate about but that fits, I guess, in enough of a box that it can find commercial success. So that's always, I think, the tension. But it sounds like right. you have actually been able to do that. You found some success with your recent books, and you still got to write what you wanted. So that's that's great. Um, maybe you could talk, we're running a little bit on time, maybe you could talk a little bit about where people can find you online and what is next in the horizon for you. <laughs> Sure. Um, you can uh, check out my website, katherinemckenzie.com, or I'm on Facebook, uh, or on Twitter, cemckenzie1. And uh, I actually just published a novella, which is a sequel to my first book, uh, Spin. It's called Spun. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it, it follows another one of the main characters in the book. And it's, I think, a fun, a fun little story that revisits that world. And I am at work on uh, novel number five, um, which will hopefully come out sometime next year. Um, it's a, a little bit of a departure for me, um, again, though maybe not such a departure from Hidden, but maybe a little more in the Gone Girl, the secret history vein, um, but mm-hmm. not because I'm trying to, to fall onto that bag. I actually wrote the book originally six or seven years ago, and it was sitting in a drawer when I wrote it. Uh, there wasn't a, a market for it. And then these other books came out, and I said, hey, <laughs> what do you mean there's no market for this? I've got a book there like is that. today. Well, it changes, right? And yeah. now you have the track record. Now, where, who publishes your books, and are they available electronically, in paper, or both? Yeah, um, They're available both. And in Canada, I'm, I'm published by HarperCollins, and um, my first three books were published by HarperCollins in the States, and my latest book is published by uh, Amazon Publishing by Lake Union. And uh, they're available online, uh, in bookstores, uh, wherever, wherever books are, are found, usually. And so in terms of the, the genre, I think you said it's mostly, you would, you would characterize them as commercial fi- fiction or perhaps women's yeah. fiction? 
Okay, and yeah. although there are some romantic elements in some of them, they're definitely not romances. Is that correct? No, they're not romance novels, and I don't want anyone being being a trick into thinking that they're romance novels. So they're definitely there's definitely not um, romance novels. But then, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's just not what I wrote. <laughs> no, and I, I think uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of blurring too of lines. I mean, some of my books I characterized more as romance because I originally was published by a romance line, uh, Lyrical Press, right. um, now part of Kensington. But they could have easily been fallen into the women's fiction bucket. So, and, and my latest book that I'm shopping, you know, is it, is it romance? Is it women's fiction? You know, it could kind of be either. But, um, yeah. well, it's great, Kathy. Thank you so much. Mm. Yeah, it's, you know, who knows what these things mean. But you're right. And, <laughs> and you know, whether something's commercial fiction or women's fiction because a woman wrote it or because it's about women. If a man wrote the book about women, would it be women's fiction? You know, I, th- I think a lot of people have talked about, you know, the, the tension there between those two titles, those two genres. But, um, well, Catherine, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it sounds like you have a lot of wonderful things going on. And um, and like I said, I, I'm a huge fan of Hidden. I, I thank absolutely you. loved it. And, and I can't wait to read some of your other books. So thanks again so much for, for joining me this evening. I really do appreciate thank it. Thank you. Um, and good and, luck with your agent search. Yes. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I sent out some queries, and I'm actually going. My um, my local chapter, the Long Island Romance Writers, is having a luncheon, so I have to pitch. Ugh. I have to think of some way to to summarize my book in two sentences or three sentences. Right. So I don't know. The elevator yes. pitch. The elevator pitch, the dreaded elevator pitch. So <laughs> uh, I hope all my listeners send me some uh, good vibes. So um, I, I have to... I have to put on a smiley face and and try and sell myself, which is, you know, I think it's hard. It's hard to do, but I'll try. Uh, But anyway, I I just wanted to uh, update everyone on on the show. Uh, I have Kristen Higgins, who is a uh, best-selling author of romance fiction and um, also women's fiction. She will be on my show on June 4th. And um, I'm also interviewing Bernadette Marie, who will be on my show May 14th. So all the information about my shows is on the Blog Talk Radio website, and also I have some uh, links on my my own website, BernadetteWalsh.com. Also wanted to remind people that my women's fiction title, The House on Prospect, which is about three generations of women living on Long Island, Irish-American women, writing what I know, uh, that is available, and um, covers and excerpts of that book are on my website. Um, And also my four-book paranormal series, the Devlin Legacy, which is published by Kennington, is out and available. And the first book in that series, Devil's Mountain, is only $0.99. Cents. So if you want to give that a try, you can see all the covers and excerpts on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So thanks so much for joining me. Uh, this is Bernadette Walsh of Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.